The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. The last four digits spell C-A-R-M on your phone, CARM.org, the website, C-A-R-M.org. And I just want to say thanks to uh, those who helped uh, Ernie out in the newsletter. Uh, He's one of the guys who helps us at CARM quite a bit. And he was in need of a new monitor, put up on a wish list, and you guys came through. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that. All right. I've got to put some more stuff on the CARM wish list. There's not really much else we need except for the heliports, a couple of helicopters, you know, basic stuff. Other than that, I can't think of anything. Hey, we have, uh, let's see, three open lines. I just found out we only have four total, so we have three open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877 2276 tonight. Tonight I'll be teaching a Bible study and going through Romans chapter 11, starting at verse, I believe, 28 and through the end of the chapter. So if that sounds like you want to, you know, you want to sit in and listen and uh, maybe do some learning, that's fine. Um, I usually teach some theology and Bible studies and stuff like that. So there you go. Hey, pretty quick, pretty easy. All right. Hey, uh, give me a call. Three open lines, 877 877- Two zero seven two two seven six. Alan from Virginia. Alan, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. How's it going? It's going, man. It is going. So, what do you got, big guy? Um. So, one of the, I was listening to some of your. Um, I think it was in April. One of your mm-hmm. podcasts where you talked about justification, salvation, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I looked at some of your resources on there. I'm a little bit confused on. Um, I think I got the. I think I understand salvation, but I don't quite understand justification and sanctification. Can All you right. help explain the differences? Sure. sure, salvation is being saved from the righteous judgment of God. We're being saved from it. That's what salvation is. Along with it is something called justification. Justification is the legal. Uh, state of righteousness according to the law. So, if we were to, for example, let's do this. If I were to go to Romans chapter 4, okay, I'm going to read Romans 4, the first few verses. We'll go through it a little bit so you can see what it is according to Scripture. And this is what it says. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, is found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So that's Romans 4.3. So Abraham believed God, and that faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. That's what it is, to be credited as righteousness. Okay, verse 4, now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as a favor, but what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. So there's that phrase again, credited as righteousness. And that's by faith 
in both verses 3 and 5. And so it says, Abraham believed God, it was credited him as righteousness in verse 3. And the one who believes in God, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. So justification is the crediting of righteousness. Okay? So when a person is, a, is un, an unbeliever, he is guilty before God according to the law. He's lied, he's stolen, he's com, uh, coveted, etc. And so that punishment of the, the requirements of the law and the justice of God is due to him. But when a person believes, then the righteousness of God is imputed to him, given to him, reckoned to his account. And we get this from Philippians 3, 9. And I'll read that to you, Philippians 3, 9, which says, And may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. So, righteousness... Do I have to interrupt you real quick? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so, the reason why believing in God, I guess more specifically Jesus, is not... like So, in addition to him sacrificing himself on the cross, the reason that believing in Jesus is... In a, to be a requirement, in addition to that, is not faith by works, is because you don't believe by your own cho- by your own choice. He basically puts it in you to believe. Is that correct? Kind of. You do believe by your own choice, but he's the one who grants that you believe. Both are true. He grants that you believe, Philippians one twenty nine. But you do the believing. You actually do it. And you're enabled to do it by the regenerative work of God. First Peter one three, He causes us to be born again. John one thirteen, We're born again, not of our own will. And so He He lives in us. And that's John fourteen twenty three. And so with all of this, uh, we actually do the believing, but He grants that we believe. It's it's both. And when we believe, we believe in Christ because that's the work of God. John six twenty nine. And therefore, what we're doing is trusting in what Jesus did. And that's why justification is by faith alone in Christ alone, because it's just okay. what he did. So, so that means that, so it's the now not yet of you aren't saved, but you will be um, mm-hmm. if you haven't believed yet. You will be if you were chosen to be an elect, but you're not air quote saved yet but when you are saved because well you're saved after you believe in him which is put into you by God Mm -hmm. which then justifies you to the father which then also which then saves you from damnation so you go to heaven is that correct right I'm impressed you use the the now and the not yet so let me add a little bit more for those who don't know, the now and the not yet is a theological perspective that deals with what is now, but also what is not yet. So, for example, Jesus, his then, you know, back then, it was now for him, which he's on the cross. And First Peter 2.24 says he bore our sin in his body on the cross. But for us, it was not yet. We weren't yet born. So that's the now and the not yet. He bore our sins, the future sins, the past sins of people, the present sins of people. So we see this as a truism, and there's other ways of exemplifying this in Scripture, but that's a basic one and very easy to understand. 
So what I believe is that Jesus only legally bore the sin of the elect. His blood is certainly sufficient for everybody, but sin is a legal problem because it's breaking the law of God, 1 John 3, 4, and our sins are imputed. That's a legal phrase. Credited, it's another legal phrase, to him. So he died with our sins legally, the legal aspect. So that would then mean that, as it says in Colossians 2.14, that he canceled the certificate of debt, the sin debt. He did it at the cross. That's what it says, having nailed to the cross. So that would mean then that he canceled the sin debt for the elect, the, the ones who would believe, but not for everybody, because a sin debt canceled means it doesn't exist anymore, so you can't go to hell for a sin debt that's been canceled. So he could not have canceled it for everybody, but only for those who would believe. That was 2,000 years ago. All right, so that means then that you could have a person like an atheist who will believe at, say, 50 years old. And maybe he's born in 1950 or 1970, whatever. And at the age of 50, he then believes. Well, functionally, for that first 50 years, he's under the wrath and the judgment of God. But at the appointed time, God opens his heart and his mind to receive the things of God. That's what was to happen to Lydia in Acts 16, 14. And so he grants it that uh, he believes, Philippians 1.29, yet he also does that believing. And at that point, he's justified. And then comes the tough part, sanctification. Now, I like justification. I don't like sanctification. I like justification because God did everything. I just sit back, receive it by faith. That's easy. I like that. Justific I mean, sanctification, I don't like because... I have to examine my heart daily, take up my cross, follow for Christ daily, becoming more like Christ on a daily basis. And I'm not real good at it. And I like to just rest in what he's done, not participate in what I have to do. So I prefer justification over sanctification. But theologically, sanctification is ultimately included in justification. And the reason is, is because God sees us through Christ and we're counted as being in Christ. So ultimately, we're completely sanctified in the ultimate sense. But this is another now and the not yet, because now I am struggling in my sanctification to the day I die. And that day that's coming when I'm resurrected, that's not yet for me. I will be completely uh, sanctified before my Lord. So that in my life, there's a now and the not yet occurring as well. So salvation is being saved from the righteous wrath of God. Just to, and that's being saved from him, not from the devil, but from God. And a justification is a legal declaration of righteousness, which we receive by faith. And, and sanctification is the process we go through in life after we're justified to become more like Christ and more holy. Okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, do you mind if I ask you another question? I know we're probably up to a break in a second. In about, in about two oh. minutes, two or three minutes. What, what do you got? Okay. So how so how how did uh, justification and salvation work with those that lived before Jesus was birthed mm -hmm. from Mary? They were justified by faith. And notice what it says in Romans 4.3. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So what Abraham was doing was trusting in the true and living God, and that alone was sufficient to justify him. And so they, he's looking okay. forward. We look backwards to the cross. 
Okay. So, so where does the animal sacrifices come into play here? Is that just symbolism of Messiah's coming and sacrifice, or does it, or does that actually, did that actually ever forgive sin? No, the blood of animals cannot actually forgive sin. Otherwise, uh, then we wouldn't need Jesus. The and so okay, Hebrews eight, nine, ten for that. I think it's ten. And uh, so the thing is that uh, the animal sacrifices were a type, a representation of the true sacrifice of Christ. So that's why there was so much blood in the Old Testament, because it's the blood of God that it's pointing to, and that showing that it's not our ability, but God's, and He's the one who saves us. And this is for everybody out there listening. Don't take so much credit for your own believing. God in his mercy granted that you believe, Philippians 1.29. And the work of God is that you believe on Jesus, John 6.29. So be grateful that you have faith. But also know you're responsible for your own faith. But it is God who laid that foundation by which and through which you can then believe. So thank him for the faith that he's allowed you to have in him. Okay, buddy? All right. Thank you, Matt. that help? Yep. All right. There All you right. go, man. Have a good All day. Right. You too. God bless. You too. All right. Hey, we have three open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We are about to a break, but let's get to Ron, and we'll go until the music starts. Ron, you're on the air. Yes, sir. Uh, man, I was listening to a guy on Facebook, and he had a thing advertised. It's called Face to Face. And I thought he was talking about prayer. Well, I started listening to him. And oh, one there's guy the music. I'm sorry. sorry about that. There's the music. I know what you're going to talk about, and I'm interested in this because this is a good topic. So hold on, buddy, and we'll get right back with you. Okay, sir. Hey, folks, we have four open lines. If you want to give me a call, eight set or three open lines, 877-207-2276. Give me a call. We'll be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, welcome back, everybody. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. All right, let's get back on with Ron. Hey, Ron, welcome. You're back on. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. All right, let's go. I, I, like I said, I was on Facebook, and this guy was advertising. I thought it was about prayers to my face-to-face. Well, I'd listen to him. You still there? Yes. Okay. Well, I was listening to him, and when he got into it, the first guy doing the introduction claimed he went to the course, and then he said he had, he had a vision where he saw lightning, and all of a sudden he saw the face of Jesus. And then the guy teaching the course said he was praying one night, and Jesus walked into the room. Is that wrong? Is that unscriptural? Well, yes and no. Okay. okay, so in Acts chapter 2, it talks about uh, um, that the young men will uh, have dreams, he'll dream dreams and see visions. This is uh, Acts 2.17, I'll pour out the Spirit in the last days, I'll pour forth my Spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. So I happen to know that... Um, in the Middle East, that uh, Jesus is appearing in dreams and visions to uh, Muslims all over the place, and that there's mass conversions. 
it's happening. And if you hear it just once or twice, you know, whatever. But it's it, it, the stories are, are continuing to come out, and there are just mass. There's a lot of conversions by the thousands. Al Jazeera's even stated it. Okay, so can people see Jesus today? Well, the first thing I do is I look for scripture. Does the Bible say we can't see Jesus now? And the Bible doesn't say that. Does it say we can see Jesus now? It doesn't say that either. So what I look for is. Uh, is the idea well Jesus can certainly appear because he manifested to Paul the Apostle and so okay he did that and we know that he's going to return all right so can he uh, appear to people I don't see any biblical reason to say that he can't right now when I got saved I had a very 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 incredible encounter with the Holy Spirit and it was not just ooh I feel guilty it was reduced to sobbing mass of, of just agonizing tears in the presence of incredible deep holiness and then I, I'll just tell people Jesus was next to me I, I didn't see him or touch him I just knew he was well, there and so I believe he was and then he, he stepped into me and, and I'm saved and I believe he did this because of what I'll be doing for a living but that's another story so I don't see any problem with that now when someone says well, you know, last night I was just praying and Jesus walked into the room at a vision, you know, and we talked. I'm like, hey, get away from me. You know, Jesus walks yeah. in a room, you just have a conversation. Jesus, if he walks into a room, you're on your face. The holiness of right. Christ is before you. And so that's what I look for. I don't look for, hey, you know, I was like uh, some of these stupid uh, positive confession teachers. You know, I was talking to God last night. You know what he told me? Well, he told me to tell you guys all something today. So here I am. I'm going to tell you what he told me to tell you. I'm like, well, are you kidding me? You know, so it's this kind of idiocy that, uh, you know, we have to be careful of. So biblically, can Jesus appear? I don't see why not. Does he appear? I don't know. But if someone says he does... Well, then let's hear. Let's hear. What was it like for you? Was it a casual conversation? You sat down and said, hey, dude, how's it going? Well, <laughs> I'm not buying it. But if the guy says, it took four days before I could eat again, you know, <laughs> I go, okay, now we're talking. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yeah. So I wish I had a better answer for you, but that's where I'm at. Okay. Yeah, real quick, more questions. Oh, you know... Good book on prayer. I can read. I want to talk Can you say it again? Can you say it again? Because I'm looking for muffled. You say, you, you know, good book on prayer. I can read. A good pr book on prayer. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. Um, you know, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, come on. Come on. Hold on a sec. I'm going to open up my. Uh, I got it right here. And uh, my library. And yes, 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 I do have books on prayer. Come on, you slime ball. Oh, man. Uh, talking to my computer. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Get all the books right there. Books. All right, now. Um, so, okay. So, I would look, definitely look at um, George Mueller. Okay, Answers to okay. Prayer by George, uh, the narratives of George Mueller. He, okay. uh, he's my hero. He's my hero. He, right. he died about 1898. But you just got to read it. Yeah. Answers to Prayer from George Mueller. And uh, okay. then there's also uh, E.M. Bounds on prayer. E, the letter okay. E, the letter M, 
bound, B-O-U-N-D-S, on prayer. And okay. so uh, I would, uh, don't and don't get anything from Charles Capps or Kenneth Hagan. Uh, don't get anything no, no, from... That. Okay, yeah, I know or, that. Or yeah. Joyce Meyer, yeah, stay away from them. Or you know, so uh, and then you can look up what's called the Presbyterian divines. All right, now this may okay. sound a little bit odd. Okay, I'm gonna do it right now. Let's see, Presbyterian divines on prayer. All right, and uh, the reason I'm ask, I'm looking is because. Of there are books that some of these guys wrote. They're like in the 15, 16, 1700s. And I thought I was pretty spiritual until I read some of these guys' works. And then I realized, oh man, I've just barely even scratched the surface. So uh, that's one another thing is look look up books see if you can find them from, from uh, John Owen, for example, on prayer. See if he has anything. And uh, there's some good stuff in there. Okay, but George Mueller, oh, and George Mueller, he's he's easy to read, and he and of all the stuff I read on prayer, that's the guy that stuck with me the most. George Mueller, okay. answers to prayer, and uh, okay, there's some great stories in there, great stories. Okay, you'll love it. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, that help. Yeah, I just like I said, I just want to give people prayer life. If sometimes I feel like I'm going through an emotion when I pray, you know. Yeah, I, I trust me. I, I know that one very well. We go through the motions, and we just continue to go through the motions because we don't want to trust our feelings. We trust God, right? And so we pray when we yes. don't feel like praying, and when it feels like God's a thousand miles away, we pray anyway. And it's all of it yes, is an act of faith, because sometimes yes, people pray only when they feel like it. Well, no, pray at all times, even when it's difficult. Yes, sir. And that's how you should be. Okay. All right. Thank you. Sir. Well, God bless, buddy. All right, man. We'll see you. All right. Let's get to, let's see, that would be Gray, I guess, from Greensboro. Hey, Gray, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, how's it going? It's um, going. I've got the pleasure of talking to you. Now and, uh, yeah, same to you, sir. Same to you. I'm really struggling with something. <laughs> and I just want to get your opinion on this. Um, mm-hmm. I know I've been over the past couple of days, I've, I've heard you talk a lot about uh, how God has kind of predestined people um, to, to be saved. And it's, it's, it's got me wondering about um, why people would, why we would need um, people to be missionaries. And it, it makes okay. me wonder, like, about the verses about having blood on people's hands. Hey, we got a break. They're already going break. to be saved. We got a break. Yes, so sir. we're going to deal with that because that's a very good question. All right. So hold on. And folks, we'll be right back after these messages. We have uh, one open line 877 207 Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877 207 Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. We have one open line. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Great. Are you still there? Yes, sir. All right. So you want to know if God predestines, why should we evangelize, basically, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, there's several reasons. One, he told us to. That's one reason. Two... 
Evangelism and the power of the gospel is the means by which God has ordained that the elect are brought into the world, the predestined are brought into salvation. Three, your evangelism brings glory to God and also is an instrument by the hand of God and through you by which people are saved and you receive the blessing and reward from God for your faithfulness. Okay, how about that? Those three good reasons for you right there. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Now, here's the thought. Here's the thought. A lot of people will disagree with the idea of predestination, but you have to agree with it because the Bible says so. And I can talk about that if people call me up and say, teach about predestination in the scriptures, I can do it. But here's a question to ask. If people say, no, God doesn't predestine, it's up to their person's free will. This is a common thing. Then I have a question for those who affirm that. Do you pray and ask God to change their hearts? Because if you believe in just their free will, why would you pray and ask God to change their heart? You're asking God to be sovereign in the life of somebody. And that's Reformed theology. And that's biblical theology. So even the prayers of what we have influence God, James 5.17. And here's another issue. I do not know how it works out that God has ordained what service shall come to pass from the foundation of the universe. And yet, my prayers could influence God. And so when I pray that God would save somebody, that somehow it makes a difference, but yet God's would have ordained it. So I don't know how all that works. It's above my pay grade. But I know this, the more we preach and teach, apparently the more people are predestined. So there's some connection there. And so what we are supposed to do is preach and teach. And let God worry about all the rest of it. Our job is sales, not production. Okay? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right, Greg. God bless, buddy. All right. Hey, if you want to call me, two open lines, 877-207-2276. Tasha. Tasha, welcome. You're on the air. Mm, thanks, Matt. How are you doing? Oh, hanging in there. Doing okay, by God's grace. <laughs> so what do you got? Okay. Um, so I have a couple of questions. Um, I stumbled upon this. I wasn't even looking. I was typing in a website for a work um, thing I was doing, and he came up, and I thought, well, I'll just check him out. His name's Rod Carpenter. Have you heard of him? Ron or Rod? Ron. Um, Ron Carpenter, I don't know uh, anything about him. Um, but I'm, I just looked up while we're talking. Uh, so I'm looking to see, maybe Charlie knows. Because Charlie actually is a friend of mine. He sometimes studies these guys on the side, and he'll he'll fill me in. You know anything about him, Charlie? Mm-hmm. No? Okay. So uh, My question is, go ahead. Um, he had just made a few statements. I don't have the verses in front of me, but I'm sure you will note um, the verse that says that God made us a, a little lower than the angels. No, not us. If he says that about us, that's a problem, okay? And uh, that's a real problem. It's from Hebrews 2, 9, okay? And it says, uh, we do not see him, as Jesus, who was, but we do see him, Jesus, who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus. Now, in that sense, we've got to be careful here. G- this phrase is applied to Christ, made for a little while lower than the angels, being made under the law. Now, there is a sense in which we can then say, yeah, we're made lower than the angels, too, in the human sense. If he wants to say it that way, then I wouldn't have a problem with it. But if he's well, hinting he at it, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. He went on to say that um, it, the original meaning of angels in that verse was lost in translation um, because it was too heavy for the scribes to write it down or something. Um, and that the original word was Elohim, I guess, instead of angel, oh, and that it meant God made uh, man a little lower than himself. Yeah, like yeah that he's we were lower. Than, yeah, he's getting That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, could you uh, could you find that quote or where that is in whatever video and and yeah. whatever and send it to me? Say hey, if it's a video, say hey, you know, here's the URL, and it's about you know oh, three hours. Because if he's saying that, it's a problem. Okay. Yeah, and here, angels, one last yeah. thing. He was talking sure. about glory, and I'm skipping around, but and I don't, you know, I have a lot of time. And that the original uh, meaning of the word glory is weight, like you bear weight in the Old Testament. So he said Adam was crowned with God's glory, and when he would speak in the earth, it basically had the same effect of God speaking. Because yeah. originally, God wanted us to be um, governed like heaven and so that um, yeah. basically he's trying to say that we can speak everything you know this day and age and have it come true yeah it sounds like positive confession crap and uh, so he doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to this word glory and stuff like that uh, he, does, he doesn't know so uh, this is a common thing among the positive confession movement and some NAR groups where they exalt man. We're like God. Think of yourself how great you are. You're like God. It's uh, idolatrous. And um, I am dead serious. If you would, if anybody wants to do this, you find the, the web page where he says something yeah. or a oh, book yeah. where he says something, what page and what quote, or the video that he says it. So I need the URL of the video. You know, like 13 minutes and 45 seconds, start there, he says, blah, blah, blah. That's what I need. I can go check context. Yeah. And then I can do an exposition on him. Because he's got a okay. huge following. Um, and then also, I know it's kind of hard to answer questions when you don't really have the context. Or, you know. Right. Right. And, you know, I don't know who you are, and I'm not, you know, accusing you of anything. So I always have to check the context because someone could misrepresent somebody else, you know. But yeah. what mm -hmm. you're saying it doesn't sound good so I am definitely uh, concerned and it's the like positive they, confession they use a little bit of truth and a little bit of their own made up so. yes yeah, a little leaven he said he was raised um, charismatic like holiness um, okay. my, mm -hmm. my daughter has recently attended a church like that with one of her friends and I was trying to explain to her you know what the difference was, I guess, between how I believe and they believe. And in my opinion is that they put too much emphasis on the Holy Ghost, but I didn't really know how to break that down to her. Well, the Holy Spirit bears witness of Jesus, John fourteen twenty six, John fifteen twenty six. We're not supposed to focus on the Holy Spirit. The focus is supposed to be Jesus. In First Corinthians one nine, God is faithful through whom you're called into fellowship with the Son Christ Jesus. Jesus says, Come to me. All the way over later, and I'll give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. So here's the thing: when people start focusing on the Holy Spirit more than Jesus, that's a problem. The Holy Spirit certainly is God. Yeah. You can pray to the Holy Spirit, etc. But the focus is Christ. And so when they get off their eyes off of Christ, they get off. They move usually towards sensationalism, emotion, and things like that. And it goes. They go yeah. Empty. 
I'm sorry? You broke up. What? You broke up. Oh, you're said that, up you know, that they shouldn't be putting so much emphasis on the Holy Ghost. But I'll email you. Thanks, Matt. Yes. Please do. Please do. Because it's one of the things you want to start doing more of is expositions on individuals. Not We're not heresy hunters, but if they're teaching some bad stuff, you want to be able to show the things, the quotes, the whole bit, like I did with Joyce Meyer, and uh, expose her heresies, because she's a heretic. She is. Okay? All right? You there? Okay. I guess she's gone. All right. Okay, now let's get to the next longest waiting person, James, from Lexington, Lexington, North Carolina. Welcome. You're on the air. Okay, thank you, Matt, for the phone. Uh, I have a, a question is, can we lose our salvation once that we are saved? Well, and some people believe some you can. People believe, no, I'm sorry. Some believe that, uh, what? I, mean, I don't think it's... I, I believe... Okay, you're breaking up. Saved, you're breaking up, so uh, you got to try it again here. <laughs> But anyway, I believe once you're saved, you accept Christ Jesus, okay, that you are saved. And we can put his hand, and no man can pluck us out. And uh, uh, right. the free will Baptist is bad for us. They believe that you can slide back and lose everything. Right. But I don't. I don't understand that. Right? Am I right? Well, that's because that's because they they keep their salvation by their goodness. They keep their salvation. They maintain their place before the infinitely holy God by their faithfulness and their ability to do what's right before God. That's a heresy. But look, when we get back, I'll uh, we'll, we'll talk about this some more. See if you can get into a place where the reception's a little bit better because you're breaking up quite a bit. And we'll be right back. Okay, after these messages, folks. Eight seven seven two zero seven. Two two seven six. Be right back. It's Matt Slick live, taking your calls at eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Two open lines eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. All right, let's get back on with James. You still there? Yes, sir. Is that better reception? That is. That seems to be better. That's good. All right. So okay, yeah. let's try again. So do you want to? Yeah. You want me to teach on this, or you just want to run something by me, or what? Well, I don't. I don't understand why that when uh, uh, people can say that they're saved, and I've heard this all my life, and I was was in Free Will Baptist for years. But anyway, they claim that the missionary Baptist believes once in grace, always in grace, or, you know, eternal security. Right. And I start going to one of those churches, and they do not teach that you can live any way that you want to and be saved. They do not teach that. You have to live by the Word of God. That's why he sent it to us. Is that correct? Well, yeah. We, we, once we're saved, we're regenerated, and we follow Christ. It's one of the fruits of the regeneration we, to follow Him. It's the work of the Spirit in us. You know, Galatians five twenty two. Fruit, not fruits. It's singular there. So, yeah, we're not supposed to live uh, sinfully. You know, that's not what we do. And if a Christian decides to do that because he or she believes he can't lose his salvation, God will discipline you. He will. 
Yes, yes, he'll test an assembly. Oh, yes. There's a, there's a lot of questions I could ask you. I'll ask you one more. Uh, do we have to ask God to come into our heart? There's nothing in the Bible that says, excuse me, nothing in the Bible says come into our hearts. Nothing says ask Jesus in, into your hearts. That's just a made-up phrase. What we do is we we uh, receive Christ. And, and it's, it's kind of like the same thing as asking him into your heart. You know, that's a To me, it's a dangerous gospel message to give. Just ask Jesus into your heart and you'll be okay. Well, what does it mean? Come into my heart? No, see, Jesus is God in flesh who died on the cross and bore our sin in his body on the cross, and he's the propitiatory sacrifice. So what I would say to somebody, if I was preaching this and, and wanted someone, I don't believe it, I don't have any problem with altar calls. Come forward, receive Christ. Raise your hand, receive Christ. Get on your knees, receive Christ. I don't care. But I would say, if you want Jesus as your Savior, you've got to understand that you're guilty before God, etc. That's the law. That he is God in flesh, died on the cross, rose from the dead. And that it's a sin sacrifice that he did. He, he, he bore our sin and he died on the cross with it. And you have to trust in what he did. And third, uh, remember uh, to count the cost. You better know what you're getting into. Because uh, if you can become a Christian, you can have to live like one. And so those are the things. And that's what I, I say to people. I don't say, just ask him into your heart. I just, I never say that because it's just, it's, it's kind of lame. But this doesn't mean that people can't be saved that way. And I'm not just saying if you, if that's how it was approved to you, shown to you, that means it doesn't mean you're saved because God can use that anyway. But it's not the biblical uh, admonition uh, to do it that way. Okay. Okay. And uh, they say that you have to uh, to ask uh, Christ to forgive you of your sins. I believe that the Bible he, says you have to ask Him either. Just so you know, it doesn't say no. you must ask Jesus to forgive you in order to be saved. It doesn't say that. We receive Christ. We have to understand what He has done, and we receive His sacrifice, and we trust in His sacrifice by faith. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Is what I'm saying is, is when we hear the word and accept it, do we have to ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins when he had already died for the sins of the world? Well, uh, it doesn't say he died for the, the sins world. of the world, I don't think. But but uh, the thing is, we, we I tell people, ask him to forgive you because he says, ask me anything in my name and I will do it, John. For, uh, Luke 16, no, 14, 14, he says this, John 14, 14. Yeah. So ask him to forgive you of your sins. He has all authority in heaven and earth, Matthew 28, 18. And so go to Christ. And the reason I, I urge people to do that is because the cults like Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses, they can't pray straight to Jesus, not officially, because official doctrines are not to do that. And so, uh, but the true Jesus is prayed to, he's worshiped equally with God, and he's called God, the God. So that's a true Christ. So we can do that, too, as Christians, and uh, ask Jesus to forgive us. So that's good stuff. Okay. Well, he he did that when he was crucified. He did what when he was crucified? And for our sins. He forgave uh, for our sins. Right. So he's already forgiven us. We have to hear the word and believe what he says in John 3, 16. And, it's, you know, it says, For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him mm -hmm. shall right. have life uh, yeah and should not perish right. but have everlasting so we have to believe yes we do and 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 we have to but if we don't believe 
then <laughs> we're most definitely lost. We I mean, do have to hear the gospel. Yes, and, normally speaking, uh, that's correct. Uh huh. Hear the gospel and you believe. So that's exactly correct. Yeah. But uh, I've just heard stuff all my life, and I've been in this for a long time, and I just don't understand how people just can't understand. I mean, you can ask, they'll ask you a question and, and give you a, a, a scripture and say, well, what does this mean? And then I'll say, well, what does it say? It says what it says what it means. So right. uh, it's trying to entrap me, I feel like, in, in saying something that they already want, they, they want me to agree with them to con- uh, I don't convince know me to <laughs> Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about, what the context is, so I can't comment. But we're supposed to receive Christ, John 1, 12. We trust and believe yeah. in what Christ has done uh, because we, we are saved by grace through faith, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And it's in what right. Christ sacrifices. That's the gospel. You know, First Corinthians fifteen one through five. So that's what we do. Okay. All right. Okay. First, you right. take him a call, and uh, and okay. uh, God bless. We agree on it. God bless you. All right. God bless. All right. That was James, and now let's get to Nelson from Bakersfield. Hey, Nelson, welcome here on the air. God bless, my brother. God bless. So what do you got? Yes, um, I got a question. Um, I know you got a little bit of time left. Um, I have a friend. He did time in prison, and uh, he came, and I live in Bakersfield, and um, he's been going to a oneness church. Mm-hmm. And um, I told him about it. Uh, that 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 is you know what what it says basically or it's a false gospel and uh, right. he knows about it and um and um I told him well because I could tell he doesn't want to leave because they help him a lot and he sure. feels very like what's the word um comfortable there because the way they they're just living on him mm-hmm. so I so I told him so help me with this if I said this right to him. I told him, as long as you know the Trinity, uh, the the actual what the Word of God says, uh, that triune God, uh, because what they believe the oneness that's not biblical, and he knows it. Is it okay for him to continue there? No, for him, no. If someone were going there to research it, to work against it, to expose it for the error and the lies that it really is, that's one thing. But if he's affirming the Trinity, and the reason he's going there is because they treat him nicely and they help him out then he's not trusting God, he's trusting the people. And he's also participating yeah. in a cult. And so this is not good for him. Now let me ask you, how long has it been since he's been out of prison? Uh, about a year. Okay. So I don't know how long he was in, but usually it takes quite a bit of time for uh, someone who's been incarcerated to get out of that mindset. And I did yes. prison ministry for You're nine right, years. Yeah. So he, I've been um, in prison yeah, yeah. I, well, I've been in prison many, many, many times, you know, preaching, teaching, and things like this for years and years. Okay, now, so I've learned a lot about what the guys in there, they're regulated, they are regimented. And so they're mm-hmm. used to what time do you get up, what time do you eat, what time do you go to bed, what time do you do this, what well, you can't do that, you got yard time, you got this time, okay, whatever time. 
So the cults tend to have that kind of a thing in them already. So people who yes. are used to that and um, uh, what's it called? There's a word for it when they're incarcerated. Yeah, the prison mentality. They'll fit into that better. And and even though he might know it's false, it's more comfortable because it's what he's he's acclimated to. And uh, that's one, another psychological reason why he might like it. And so, plus, they're probably really okay, open okay. and really helpful. And, you know, it might help him yeah. out, give him money and stuff like that. And who knows? So it's tough to break free. So he needs to move away from that. And he needs to go under church. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, I've been, I've been, I've been speaking to him um, for a few days, and um, and so right now, I don't want to. I mean, I told him, told him that he needs to find another church. You know, I said, even once you come and try my church, he says, well, at that time, he says no because they don't allow them to check out of the churches. That's a red flag. I told him about what that. the and, oneness uh, cult doesn't allow him to check out other churches, so he's going to obey the cult. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so, and they're only King James only. Um, yeah, it's another problem. And, yeah. and so, um, so I, I told him about it, and, and uh, so, anyways, I told him, look. Um, so what I'm thinking to myself, I spoke to my pastor, and um, and uh, I can't force him to come to go to a different church. You know, I, I need to uh, just gently uh, and and be careful, but at the same time, just you don't keep him near me and have. Bible studies, personal Bible study with him, and expose him to the gospel. Right. He'll and, come um, around if he's truly regenerate. Right. He'll come around. It's going to take a while for him to undo that uh, that concept, and it's an emotional commitment he's got. It's going to take some time. Just be patient with him. Keep praying for him. Yes. Work with him. Gently guide him. Spend time with him, and he'll gradually come out if he's really regenerate. Okay. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, right. thank you very much. Bro. And you can also I'll call another, back tomorrow, old, another opportunity. You can also kidnap him and put him in a room with a lot of bright lights. Okay, and don't give him any sleep, and play torturous music like country western, and they'll convert him. You know, so. okay. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then tomorrow, um, I'll call in and I'll talk about. Uh, I don't know if you heard of any parties heard of him. Isaiah Saldivar. It doesn't ring a bell. It does not ring a bell. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, he teaches that a Christian needs to be delivered every three months from from demonic demons. Okay, that guy can just take that and he can put it in the garbage where it belongs. Someone needs to talk okay. to that guy with a lot of pointing fingers into his face and say, "Stop it! Stop the heresy!" Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wag my finger. Stop that heresy! You stop it! You're d causing people to be stumbled by your lies. That is not from the from God. We're indwelt by God. We're not indwelt by by demonic forces. Now you got everybody being fearful for whatever they can do. Demons are in them. They got to go to you to be delivered. It's just mind control. Oh, yes, yeah. manipulation of all this. It, oh, it just Thanks makes so. me mad. <clears throat> I know that you have a lot of work uh, the next few months, so when you get around to it, hopefully you can you can look up and expose his... Um, Send an code. email. Send an email, uh, because we, there's a lot of people with the same name. They'll say, hey, look up so-and-so. We don't know who that is. Okay. So look at so-and-so, here's his okay. website. Then we know and say the issue is this. People have to be more specific. We have so much to do. The specificity really assists us a great deal. Hey, we got to go. Okay. 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 All right, All right. God bless. Thank you very much. Oops, sorry about that.
And uh, Alberto, we'll talk to you later, buddy. And uh, hey, folks, we're out of there. Bible study tonight in uh, about two and a half hours. Go, just go to uh, Matt Slick Bible Study on Carm, and you'll find all the info. Talk to you later, everybody. God bless. Another program powered by the Truth Network.